0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Someone's knocking at the door. Praise the name of the Lord. Today we are in part seven, the final part of our series. Did Jesus really say that? And if you are joining us for the first time, you are, you are well. You, you are welcome. You've come at a, a very interesting time. We have been um, doing this series for the past seven weeks, and the, the series started with obviously um, um, uh, 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 burden on my heart long ago. I mean, whenever I read the Word of God, and I, and I, I I I come across certain parts of the Bible that Jesus, words of Jesus, and those words are shocking to me, that I I, I say to myself, did Jesus really say that, you know, and, and I, I, well, I continue reading, and I stumble upon another part of the Bible, and I'm like, did Jesus actually, did he say this, you know, I mean, what, could he be serious, does he really expect this, and over the years, following God, um, by God's grace, we, 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 Fully understand, as it were, as far as Jesus wants us to, his heart, what he really meant when he said what he said. And we started the series by looking at Jesus saying, do not resist an evil person. Do not resist an evil person. That was part one. In part two, we looked at Jesus saying, follow me. Follow me. And that kind of... um, Doubled up with, let the dead bury the dead. In part three, we looked at Jesus saying, the words you say will acquit or condemn you. In part four, we looked at Jesus saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's really startling. Did Jesus really want people to drink his blood and eat his flesh? And in part 5, we looked at Jesus saying, I did not come for peace, but I have come to bring a sword. And last week, in part 6, we looked at Jesus saying, if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, do what? Pluck it out wow, <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, he says, if your hand, your right hand, even your good hand, if your left hand and your left hand, even your good hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And I'm like, Jesus, what did he mean? If you missed that, you can pick up the CDs or, or download the messages for free um, at the end of service. I hope Geek Squad works on Saturday. They work on Saturday. Okay, fine. If you see Geeks Squad, they will put it on your phone for free. Um, the message of, to, of, of, of today, yesterday, last week, everything, all the messages on your phone for free. Now, today, we are looking at Jesus saying, I am the only way. In essence, that was what he was saying. Jesus said, I am the only way. Our text is John chapter 14 from verse 1 to 6. John 14 from verse one to six. Where's Fana? Can I have the supporting text? A uh, supporting document. Thank you. Okay. John 14, 1 to 6. The Word of God says in John 14, 1 to 6. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying to his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There are more than enough room in my father's home. In my father's house, there are many mansions there. If this were not so... Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Jesus said, do do I look like a liar? If there is no room in my father's house, I wouldn't say so. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way, you know, Jesus sometimes teases us with statements. And you know the way way to where I'm going. I would say, Thomas. No, we don't. Lord, we don't. Says Thomas. I mean, come on. Where are you going? We don't even know where you're going. Thomas is that guy in the mix that doubts. In fact, they call him Doubting Thomas. But We are totally grateful to Thomas. I I think he did did a teaching on that. Thomas is that guy that would say, Jesus, I don't believe you. If I don't touch the place, I will not believe. So this is Thomas. Thomas is saying, No, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what's going on here was Thomas was saying, Jesus, you are saying you are going to the Father and we know the way to the Father. We don't even know where this Father is, whether it's in V.I., whether it's in Echpe, whether it's in Badagri. So how can we know the way? If you don't have an address, how can you navigate your way to that place? We don't even know where the Father is, Jesus. How can you come and tell us that we know the way? And You see, today, we assume a lot of things about God. Not Thomas. We assume a lot of things about God. We assume we know things that we don't know. Unfortunately, if you live in assumption, you live in darkness. We assume, oh, it's the Father. We assume, you see, I I mean, it's good to prophesy this song. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. If you are seeking it from a point of prophecy, it's fine. But a lot of people assume they are friends of God. Really. 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 Don't assume with God. Lay it on the table. Make it plain. God, this is where I am. President of the Lord. And when you look at our culture today, people don't hesitate to claim an affinity to God. People don't hesitate at all. In fact, it's even cool to display an affinity to God. In sports, you see, uh, some folks, they score, when the score goes, they do this. You know, it's become a fad. You know, I think who made it popular? I think it was Kaká that made it popular. Then, way before Messi. You know, Kaká even used to wear his t-shirts "I love Jesus" and take off his his vest. You guys know Kaká now, good. And of course, now Messi has made it a lot of popular. Then everybody wants to score goals. In fact, even in our local, <laughs> cell Soccer people's cockroaches. God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I don't do that. It's not because I don't give God glory, but I mean, it's, it's just become cool. In clubs, nightclubs, people want to sing a song in nightclubs. He says, oh, I thank God for today. You know, I mean, come on, you are in a nightclub. Don't ask me I ah, know. Those days. God. Talk shows. You know, they drop the name of God. Spirituality. In fact, the culture moves to spirituality. Everybody has some spiritual, you know, kind of thing. You know, they, 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 they talk about the, the universe. They talk about nature. You know, they have no issues. And... When you actually even drill down, most people, most people don't have an issue with the teachings of Jesus, no matter the background, no matter the faith. Most people don't have an issue with general teachings of Jesus, until you begin to hear things like this, of course. But most people have, Jesus says, take care of the poor. Who, who, who doesn't like that? Jesus says, give to the needy, visit the, the people in prison. Jesus' teaching was filled with a lot of focus on the downtrodden. And everybody kind of embraces that. But you see, what people struggle with is the exclusive claim of Jesus. Jesus saying, I am the only way. People struggle with that. Some people say, oh, Jesus was a prophet, but it cannot be God. Oh, how can it be the only way to God? And people struggle with dad. And you see, growing up, my dad taught me to think for myself. I mean, amazingly, I was a little boy. I mean, he called me, he sit me down, he give me newspaper to read. Akitola, Awolawa issues. I mean, I know those issues more than my peers in school are talking about cartoons. I am thinking of Faulo and Akitola, that was how bad it was. Now, and it forced me to think for myself, and I say, it, will, it will forced me to come to a conclusion, what I think about the issue. And as a little boy, I would struggle with those issues, but it was a good thing he was doing for me. In fact, he had a lot of textbooks, a lot of books, and one of his textbooks, thick textbooks, I was flipping through one of his textbooks one day, and I saw my dad, he underlined a, almost a paragraph that the author, and he disagreed with the author, and he wrote his own thoughts there. My dad taught me to disagree with authors of books, to have my own mind. So I grew up. So when I looked at his books, I This guy, thinking about it now, it's so, so ridiculous. These guys are authorities. Imagine this disagreeing with Chino Achibe, or with—I mean, come on! You should just take what he what he has to say. And and one of the one of the things that my dad said to me when when we discussed issues like this, you know, my dad used to say to me that "femi You know, it means there are multiple ways to a market used to say to me, heaven is like a market. You can enter heaven through Ifa. You can enter heaven through a Rumila. that exact words to me. You can enter heaven through Obatala. You can enter heaven through... And all these people that are, are saying they are Christians too. It's also another way to heaven. Do you understand, my son? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, even though I was going to church, my mentality was... Jesus is just another way. So imagine my shock when I actually had to grapple with this fact that Jesus is the only way to God. It set me on a path of research. It made me begin to think about this. Is, Can this be true? I read the writings of Buddha, of Confucius, of, of Mohammed. I, you'll be shocked at what I've read. This Jesus, can he be the only way? But you see, amazingly, (laughs) the exclusive claim of Jesus is what sets him apart. That was one of the things that stood out for me. The exclusive claim of Jesus is what sets him apart from all other religions. The exclusive claim of Jesus is what sets him apart. All world religions are not the same. People say, oh, they are all the same. We are serving one God. No, if you, if you, if you, if you say that you are naive, read. Look at them closely. They are not the same. All of them, however, ask, they have some truths about them and they have some beauties about them. If you deny that, you, you don't even know anything. Islam has some good things about it. Buddhism has some good things about it. Um... Hinduism has some good things about it. Of course, Judaism has some good things about it. They all have some good things about it. But they are all different. For instance, in Buddhism, there is no God. They just believe in countless rebirths. When you die, you come again. So they seek to to come to that state of final death. That's, That's the crux of Buddhism. Hinduism, on the other hand they have an impersonal God that can be accessed through other small gods. That is the, likely the Indians. Everybody has a God. Every household, they have gods with three legs and five legs and, you know, all that stuff, different deities. I mean, similar to the western part of Nigeria, you know, they have different deities, but they, they, they acknowledge that there's one that is called Oludumari, you know, but you can't, you know, they, whether, when somebody, a, a king dies, you know, they, they, they promote the king to, to the status of a, a god, like Shango, you know, and all that stuff. And you cannot go through those small, small gods. Hinduism. Buddhism and Hinduism, however, they have one thing in common. They don't offer forgiveness of sin or supernatural help. They believe in karma. An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. If you do something, you'll be punished to the same degree. Islam, on the other hand, the Muslims, they worship Allah. They have a personal God. In fact, in Islam, no secondary God is allowed. Idols are totally banned. You're standing with Allah depends on your religious devotion and works in Islam. So, a Muslim believes in Allah, doesn't go through another god, but his standing with Allah is directly proportional to his devotion and his total obedience. It's a religion of obedience to the dictates of Allah. And Good works thereof. The new age. Are you still with me? Fantastic. Because Christians, we have to be knowledgeable. We can't be gullible. The new age movement. Those ones, no personal God, a higher consciousness of universe or cosmos. So they say that when when they do a lot of confession, you know what we call confession? And you speak and it happens. They do a lot of confession. They say you're just speaking the word to the universe. Anything you say to the universe comes back to you. I'm just telling you what they are. I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just saying this is what is obtainable there. Christianity, on the other hand, there is a personal God. He came down in the flesh as Jesus to show us love and forgiveness. That's where Christianity is different. And forgiveness. With Christianity, if you sin, your sins can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all Saints. So all world religions are not the same. Are not the same. So this claim of Jesus saying, I am the only way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to look at it from two dimensions. Number one, we're going to look at it by looking at the life of Jesus Himself. Then, number two, we're going to look at the most significant events in in Christianity. The most significant event Christianity is not Christmas. The most significant event in Christianity is this stuff. We're going to look at the resurrection. So we're going to look at the person of Jesus and we're going to look at the resurrection. Let's, let's take a look at Jesus quickly. If you read the Bible, in 18 places, Jesus, in the New Testament, defined himself by himself. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus didn't wait for people to define him. He defined himself. He knew who he was. In John 8, 18, the Word of God says, I am the one who testifies of myself. So, with the way Jesus showed up on the scene, you can either love Jesus or hate Jesus. You can't ignore Jesus. Jesus is such that it's he, he, an enigma. it you, you, that you love him. And you, people, those that love him, love him passionately. Those that hate him, hate him passionately. With Jesus, you can't really be on the fence. There was a very famous British historian that was not a believer, but... Is an authority in history. His name is H.G. Wells. Hear what he he has to say about Jesus. H.G. Wells says, "I am a historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess, as a historian, that this penniless preacher of Nazareth—see the way he describes Jesus." This penniless speech of Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in history. Jesus! This is the testimony of the world-renowned historian. He says, I'm not a believer. I don't even believe in him. But look, you cannot deny the fact. This guy, obviously, is the most dominant figure in history. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was a believer, but he's a a strong authority. I'm sure a lot of us have heard about C.S. Lewis. And here, what C.S. Lewis had to say. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish things that people often say about Jesus. And what do people often say about Jesus? I am ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I do not accept him to be God. That is one thing we must not say. Why? Because a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or else it will be the devil from hell. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Is that a great moral teacher? is that a crazy man? You must make your choice. And it goes on to say, either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, I came across another um, 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 quote that is from, I don't know who, who um, said this, but what he said is practically true and verifiable, you know. By the way, everything I'm saying is verifiable. You can check it up. Google it. you find it. It says, Socrates taught for 40 years. Now, these are philosophers, great philosophers that a lot of the atheists, you know, follow Plato taught for 50 years. Aristotle taught for 40 years. But Jesus taught for only three years. Three and a half years, actually. Yet, the influence of Jesus' three-year ministry infinitely transcends the impact left by the combined 130 years of teaching from these men who were among the greatest philosophers of all antiquity. Today, over two point five billion people are following this same Jesus. Now, what is this guy saying? This guy is saying that look, this Jesus that we are talking about, he taught for three years, just three years. Socrates taught for forty. Plato taught, taught for fifty. Aristotle talked for 50. If you combine their years together, it's 130. 130 years. And this one talked for only three years. And the impact is. (laughs) Then some guy, I don't want to say some fool, some guy would say, Oh, Plato said. So what Jesus said cannot be true. Plato? Give me a break. If you were here from January, you remember Napoleon. You know when we did the victory series. Napoleon was is a great war general. I hear what Napoleon said about Jesus. Napoleon said, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. This guy was not a Christian, was a war general. He killed people for a living. He dominated empires. It says between him and every other person in the world there is no possible term of comparison. Alexandra, talking about Alexander the Great, remember Alexander the Great also? Alexandra, Caesar, Chamane, and I, Napoleon, have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force, Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men will die for him. And guess what? Napoleon even knew that even his own closest guys cannot die for him. So you know that there's something wrong with it. There's something about this Jesus. You can't even compare us to him. Jesus built his empire, his kingdom, on love. He was the friend of the sinners. You will see Jesus with people that the world have rejected. I mean, it, if you feel that, oh, nobody loves me, oh, nobody wants to be with me, guess what? That's why Jesus loves you. That's why he wants to be your friend. Nobody understands me. Fantastic. Jesus understands you. He wants to be your friend. If you check the scriptures, you will find him with the hopeless, with the reject. He wanted to pick his disciples. He did not even go to the scholars. He was picking fishermen. He was picking thieves, tax collectors. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus, he he, 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 he was found with a woman caught in adultery. And they were going to stone her. Death according to the law, and they they said to the, they had held the stones, and they said to Jesus, What do you say? Everybody was fuming. This iniquity must end in the land. This woman was caught in the, the adultery. We have to kill her, we have to stone her. Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus said, He that has no sin should throw the first stone. And the Bible says, One by one. From the oldest, you know the oldest are the wisest, to the youngest, the stones were dropping. And the woman was on the ground in tears. (laughs) And Jesus said to her, where are your accusers? She says, they are all gone. Nobody condemns me. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That is Jesus. You know, we, we, we dagger people, we are quick to, but Jesus will be there for the lowest person. He opened the eyes of the blind. Jesus opened the ears of the deaf. He made the dumb to speak. Jesus cleansed the lepers. He turned water into wine. He didn't have to do it. He walked on water. Jesus raised the dead. They just performed miracles upon miracles upon miracles. And the truth is this. There are people in this place that you are a miracle of Jesus. You know you're a miracle of Jesus. At the workers' um, dinner yesterday night, you know, I was hearing the story of a lady, how she, her life totally changed. Just meeting Jesus. That's a miracle. And if you can look at your own life, I can tell you my life, I am a miracle of Jesus. Total miracle. When I got saved, I didn't need to tell anybody I was saved. My mother took a look at me, watched me and watched me and watched me. I told my brother, Femi has changed I didn't know what she saw I can't explain it till today she says this guy has changed what did she see the miracle of Jesus glory be to God so that is Jesus that is is taking a look at him so quickly let's take a look at the resurrection take a look at the resurrection In Acts chapter three, verse fifteen, Acts three fifteen, Acts three fifteen, the word of God says in Acts three fifteen, this is the apostles speaking to the um, religious leaders. It says, "You killed the author of life." Talking to the Jews, you killed the author of life, but God did what? Raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact the resurrection of Jesus is a fact it's an historic fact it's not a fiction it's a fact we are witnesses of this fact, a fact is a thing that is indisputably the case When something is indisputably the case it's a fact and and, and 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 to to double up not only was it a fact that Jesus resurrected they were witnesses we saw it a witness is somebody that saw what happened i saw it too. the apostles were saying we saw it jesus rose from the dead it's a fact You know, there are two what they call stolen theories of Jesus' resurrection, of of his body. The first stolen theory is that Jesus' body was carried and stolen by the Roman army. Now, that doesn't even make sense. Because if the Roman soldiers stole the body of, of Jesus, wouldn't they have loved to produce the body of Jesus as proof that he didn't resurrect? They not have that. So that doesn't even make sense. That's, that's the first theory of, the uh, stolen theory of Jesus' body. The second stolen theory of Jesus' body is that the disciples took the body. Disciples came and took the body. Now, that also doesn't make sense. You know why it doesn't make sense? Because Pilate had given order and they had secured the tomb, the tomb, With soldiers that were armed. So the disciples, these are 11 disgruntled, fearful men that thought they would be governors, that their hope has been dashed, came to a tomb and staged the greatest haste in history. They stole the body of Jesus, there were no casualties. There was no blood. The soldiers did not fight back. They didn't kill any apostles. No soldiers died. Nobody was injured. They just came and pushed the soldiers aside and carried the body and they left because they had <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No casualties, is nothing. It doesn't make sense. And, and even the, 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 the interesting thing to, to, to even show that Jesus resurrected and that the apostles could not have connived and, and, and contrived a lie was because even if it were a lie, it's not likely that 11 men would keep a lie for centuries. And at least one wife would not know But you know, as soon as one wife knows, <laughs> most likely, it's not a secret anymore. No offense. Ladies. In, so, that, that is one. Number two, why they could not have kept it as secret is, is, is this. Listen, they couldn't have done it because, look, you will not die for something you know is not true. Even if you are lying, you are lying, you are lying. By the time they put a gun on your head, they say, ah, okay, calm down. Let me tell you the truth. You will. You will not die. And they said something. They said, we are eyewitnesses of this fact. We saw it. We saw it. And because we saw it, you can kill us. It's the truth, and there's nothing you can do about it. Jesus rose again. The only person that was not killed out of the 11 disciples of Jesus was John, the beloved. He died on the island of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelations. He died, he was tortured, he was abandoned, they threw him in, in, in a bucket of oil, he didn't die, they brought him out, they just left him dead. The others, Simon, by the way, this is from National Geographic, this information. There's proof of their death. Simon, a.k.a. Peter, (laughs) Simon Peter, who was appointed by Jesus as the leader of the sect, is viewed, he was killed by Nero, the empire. Peter asked to be crucified upside down so that his death would not be equal to the death of Jesus. So they nailed Peter to the cross upside down. That was how he died. If Peter was lying that Jesus was alive, that I saw him, when they want to nail him, what do you think he would would say? (laughs) Okay, bros. Okay, he told us to say. And to think that all these men were not killed in one place, they were all in different places. Andrew, the brother of Peter, went to Patras in West Greece where the Roman consul debated with him and tried to convince Andrew to forsake Christianity so that he would not have to torture and execute him. But when Andrew did not, he gave Andrew the full treatment. Andrew was caught, then tied, rather nailed to the cross so that he would suffer for a longer period of, of time. It took two days for Andrew to die. Two days. James, who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was killed with a sword. That's, of course, in Acts 12. Philip that became a missionary to Asia, traveled to Egypt, and he was nailed to the cross and crucified in prison. Bartholomew was beaten and crucified. Matthew, the tax collector, became a missionary and was killed in Ethiopia. James, the other James, He was beaten and stoned and they killed him by squashing his head with a club. Thaddeus was crucified at Edessa. The name of a city in both Turkey and Greece. Simon, the Canaanite, the Zealot, was crucified in England. And the person that said to Jesus, we don't know where you are going. You better confess where you are going. Thomas. The only one who doubted was Thomas. I said, if I don't touch your hand and feel it, I won't believe you. Thomas was an evangelist to India and he was spared to death. They ran his spear through him to death. If Jesus did not resurrect, at least we know that Thomas will have confessed. (laughs) Thomas will have said, me, I wasn't there, so I cannot lie. There is enough historical proof and there are eyewitnesses to his resurrection. Jesus Rose again they know where Buddha is they know where Muhammad is they know as in their tomb where they died and all that stuff the tomb of Jesus is still empty till today it's not there so Jesus rose from the dead to reconcile us back to God that was why that was why that's the purpose of Christianity. It's not, Christianity is not a religion. Reconciliation is about relationship, not religion. Christianity is it, it's not, it's not a religion. It's two parties that are were in enmity. We were enemies of God. Jesus died so that we can be friends of God. Christianity is not a, it's not is not a religion. It's a relationship. Religion is about what I do. I need to do this. I need to be in total this. I need to do that. Relationship is about what Jesus has done. He died on the cross. Religion is about me. If I am perfect. Relationship is about Jesus. Is the perfect lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Religion is, is if I am good enough, God will love me. So I need to be good enough so that God can love me. Relationship is because God loves me, I am good enough. Because God loves me, I am good enough. Religion is I, I, if I obey God will love me. If I obey, I will be in God's good books. Relationship is because God loves me, I obey. Because God loves me, I obey. Religion is, oh, if I tithe, if I pay my tithe, if if I if I if I, if I give to the church, if I attend the uh, tribe, I attend the three worship friends, then g- God will love me. That's religion. Relationship is because God loves me. A tent is nothing to give for my love. My time is nothing to give. So, religion is an obligation. Relationship is a response religion is an obligation I am obliged no, no, no relationship is a response it's a response if you are married you understand what I'm saying I don't need to say much but there's a difference when you're doing something out of obligation and when it's a response Do you know how to spell religion? Religion is a two-letter word. Do. D-O. That's how to spell religion. Do. 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 Do you know how to spell relationship? The four-letter word. D-O-N-E. Done. Done. <laughs> Done. Done. My, being, my, 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 uh, my pleasing God done through Christ Jesus God loves me loving me done my being good enough done Jesus is good enough it's done and you see when you understand this it's, it sets you free totally free Totally free. And in my quest, I discovered that this Jesus is different. It's very different from Buddha. It's different from Muhammad. It's different from Moses. It's different from Confucius. This Jesus is actually very different. In my quest, I discovered facts that this Jesus is actually different. I wish my dad was alive so I could show him that Jesus said, and it's different. Buddha never claimed to be God. In Buddhism. In Judaism, Moses never claimed to be Jehovah. Moses never claimed to be Jehovah. In Islam, Muhammad never claimed to be Allah. Never did Muhammad claim to be Allah. But Jesus claimed to be the true and the living God. He says, I and my Father are one. He claimed to be God. Confucius, the, the great Chinese philosopher, Confucius said, I never claimed to be holy. That's what he said. You can, you can Google it. Guess what Jesus said? Jesus said, says, who convicts me of sin? I am without sin. That's what it said. I am without sin. Muhammad said, listen to this. It's, it's public domain. You can Google it. Muhammad says, unless God throws a cloak of mercy over me, I have no hope. Those were the words of Muhammad. Jesus said, unless you believe in me, you will die in your sin. Krishna, the leading figure in um, Hinduism, when they were were talking about the truth, because truth is foundation to any any religion or any similitude of religion. It's interesting what they all said about the truth. Krishna said this. When they asked him about truth, How do you attain truth? Listen to what Krishna said. Krishna said, you must keep chanting, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama. That's what you should be chanting. Then maybe, maybe, maybe you can get a glimpse of the truth. He said the truth is like a butterfly. That is elusive. On his dead bed, after eating the food that the blacksmith sent to him, that caused the food poison, that killed Buddha. Buddha said, when he was asked about the truth, he simply said, I am a teacher in search of the truth. He was dying. He was still saying, I'm still looking for the truth. Listen to what Muhammad said about the truth. Mohammed said, I'm a prophet pointing to the truth That's what Mohammed said. I'm a prophet pointing to the truth. Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus showed up and said, I am the way, the truth, and the (laughs) life. Look, I can never get enough of this. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. That's what Jesus said. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Like I said, I wish my dad was alive. I could say to him, Dad, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The question to you is who will you follow? Who would you follow? Confucius? Muhammad? Buddha, Krishna, Moses, or Jesus? Let me break it down. Let me break it down. If you have someone that says, um, um, let's say you have never been to Ibadan. Nobody knows the way to Ibadan. But somebody came from Ibadan to Lagos and says, I am going back to Ibadan. I know the way back to Ibadan. I am the way. Then another person says, even though I don't know Ibadan, I can point you to Ibadan. I have downloaded some maps that we can all navigate our way to Ibadan. Who will you follow? Absolutely. Absolutely. He says, if it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. Jesus, the Son of God, is the way, is the truth, and is the life. As we round up this series and look at the words of Jesus, I did not come for peace. Let the dead bury the dead. Follow me, the words you speak. If your eye causes you to sin, do not resist an evil person. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. I am the only way to God. We realize that in these words are life. Not confusion. In these words are power to set us free. In these words are the ability to give life to the dead. Healing to the sick. Deliverance to the captive. Direction to the confused. Jesus does not just only know the way, he is the way. Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. I want us to talk to God even at this time. I want us to talk to God. For some of us, we just need to thank Him. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I'm on the right path. Thank you. Thank you that I'm on the right path. Thank you, oh God of heaven. Thank you. 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 For some of us, we have missed the way. We used to be on the way, but we have missed the way. You have never, uh, or you used to know the way rather, but you have missed the way. And yet there are some of us, you've never found this way. Maybe uh, one or two people here, And know finally Jesus is the way. And now I want to settle this matter. I want to pray for you. If you are saying, Pastor, I have missed the way. I want to come back on track. I want to come back to the way. I want to come back on track. That is me, Pastor. I want to come back on track. That is me. Put up your hand. I want to pray with you. Quickly, wherever you are sitting. I've missed the way. I have never, I've never even been on this way before. I've never. If you are streaming online, instructions are scrolling. I'd like to hear from you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I've missed the way. I, have, I, I need to come back on track. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Another hand. You don't need to come forward. Just where you are seated. I don't need to come forward. Where you are sitting, I want to pray with you. That is me, pastor. That is me. That is me. I have missed the way. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for your life over us. Thank you for your grace and your counsel. Lord, we pray for everyone that has missed the way and are coming back on track. Breathe upon them, Lord. Change their lives. Those that are fighting you are fresh, show them the way. Every one of us, that we will not miss the way. We give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. I want us to clap for Jesus. Let's just clap for Jesus. As a sign of excitement and appreciation for what He's done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.